Have you ever felt like giving up, quitting, throwing in the towel? Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. She's an author, health coach, and motivational speaker. Backed into a corner multiple times in her life, Carol shares with you stories on how she overcame some of the toughest obstacles a person can go through in life, but refused to give up hope. Rather than admit defeat, an opportunity was presented, and it involves each and every one of you. Carol will feature spectacular guests who will share their messages of hope, encouragement, and their inspiration to prove why life's adversities only make you stronger. And now, welcoming the host of the show, here's Carol Graham. Thank you, JJ, for that introduction, and I also want to thank all my listeners around the globe. As you listen to Never Ever Give Up Hope, and you are challenged, inspired, motivated, and gain hope, that is what this show is about. It is now in close to 100 countries, and that indicates strongly to me that the message of hope is what the world is looking for. And no matter what our backgrounds are, no matter what our educational background is, we all as human beings have problems to face. And many of us have faced problems that at the moment that we were going through them seemed absolutely hopeless, more devastating than we could ever imagine we would have the strength to endure. And each one of my guests has a story of a message of hope and encouragement to someone who has been there, who has walked down that same road, who has walked in those same shoes, and they can share, it will change, it will get better, there is hope. It happened for me. It can happen for you. They give us coping skills and tips and also tips on being successful in whatever we set our hands to do. So for that, I am so appreciative of my awesome guests and, of course, my awesome listeners who give incredible feedback and share how the message of hope on Never Ever Give Up Hope has impacted their lives. So each one of my guests is special, and with me today, I am so thankful to have a very special person who I have met online a few months ago, and when I heard his story, I said, you need to be on this show. You need to share your story of what you have endured and overcome. Paul Mitten has worked in both video and film production for the past 30 years. But the story he is going to share today has a very familiar ring to many of us. Paul's life was affected by cancer in a devastating way. And he is here today to share that story and also the impact that the devastation had on his life and how he turned that hopelessness to eternal hope. Welcome, Paul. Thank you, Carol. It's good to be with you. So let's start, Paul, with a little bit about you and your career in video and film production, if you would, please. Well, yeah, it's uh, been an interesting journey. Um, as a friend of mine says, when you love what you do, you don't go to work every day. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I've been very blessed and fortunate to do all kinds of different projects, see a large portion of the world. I've been to over 50 countries, which has been pretty amazing. Wow. And a what lot of that with a video camera. What kind of productions? Tell us a little bit about. Uh, gosh. Um, anything from corporate industrial promotional pieces, uh, documentaries. I Well, not to toot my own horn, but I was uh, fortunate through a friend to uh, do a documentary on Harrison Ford and his love of aviation. Oh, wonderful. And we actually flew from Jackson Hole, Wyoming, out to your neck of the woods, uh, to Boeing Field, where he gave a speech at a black tie fundraiser, and the video was partly to relieve him of giving a speech. So it was neat because no I... No kidding. That's awesome. Uh, I'm a pilot, and so I got to fly and shoot video at the same time. That's great. Anything else? Any other... What, like, do you do commercials as well, or...? Do commercials right now. I'm working at a college doing uh, sporting events, which is interesting, especially since I'm probably the least sporting fan that ever was. So, <laughs> but you know, when you're doing live production, whatever it is, it's it's always exciting. Um, and you know, sporting events is a lot of fun. So yeah, uh, I've done commercials. Uh, I've worked in video support of motion picture production. I worked on the very tail end of the Matrix in Australia, which was a neat experience so yeah nothing nothing huge but uh it's been a lot of neat recognizable stuff so and rewarding yeah very, very rewarding yeah. now you have a young son does he go with you or can he go with you uh well he's two years old and we haven't really broached that uh traveling yet although <laughs> we, we have done up and down the coast of uh, the east coast of the states for him to visit family so he got to meet his great-grandmother up in New York back in June. Oh, how awesome. Yeah, so uh, we have a lot of miles. Paul, you married late in life. Your wife had her first baby when she was 47 years old. Is that correct? That's correct, yeah. If I could just surmise our, our Absolutely. meeting. Absolutely, please do. Uh, we met 20 years ago this past April, uh, April of 2016. So 20 years prior, we met. And uh, we really liked each other, and I was a stupid young guy, and I'm like, do I really like redheads, you know? <laughs> and I waited a week and a half to ask her out, and some other guy moved in, and then he became my roommate, and then when they broke up, he told me how overly emotional she was. <laughs> and fast forward to when we were together, and she's like, yeah, that was the time that my coworker was stealing my commission, so yeah, I was a little oh, emotional. Okay. <laughs> So, yeah, unfortunately, gossip uh, does nobody any good. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it basically kept me away from her for 14 years. We got back together. Um, she actually tried to set me up with a coworker of hers. And when that didn't work out, within two weeks, we were pursuing each other. And uh, eight months later, we were married. Oh, and my word. So, yeah, 14 years between the time we met and we actually married. But interestingly, neither of us married or had kids. And we were both basically... Uh, pure uh, in our physical uh, bodies. And so when we married, it was like two 20-year-olds getting together for the very first time. So it was, we had two amazing years together when I was freelancing. So we, we had 90, 95% of our time was together. And I kind of equate it to a normal couple. They marry, they have a, a week or two honeymoon, and then they go back to work. They see each other on the mm-hmm, nights and weekends. Mm-hmm. We saw each other 95% of the time for two years, and we traveled a lot during that time uh, on medical mission trips and, and whatnot. And uh, 
I, I kind of equate that to 15 years together. So that kind of made up for the 14 years. <laughs> and then we were married for uh, almost five years. And uh, so that's kind of like 20 years that the from the 20 years that we met, we pretty much actually had together and the time was redeemed. That's a very interesting way to look at it. So your wife, at what point did you realize there was something wrong, like physically? Well, when we first met, when we first married, uh, you know, it became apparent that there were cysts in her breast, in her right breast. And she said, well, I've had them since I was 18. And I said, well, please go get a mammogram. Well, I'm not going to go get a mammogram because it's going to tell me I got breast cancer and it's going to cut my breasts off. So she already had this uh, anti-doctor sort of mentality. And she was also very into chiropractic care. That that kind of natural type of treatments would prevent any uh-huh. problems. Basically, in our third year of marriage, is uh, we were very fortunate to go on a trip to Israel together, which was an amazing experience. We came back, and a month later, she realized she was kind of late, and that's when she discovered that we were pregnant, which was an amazing time. Uh-huh. She gave birth uh, when she was 47 years old. And then, you know, those cysts in her breasts started to seem to start getting larger and thicker. But she said, no, it's just engorged milk ducts. It's not an issue. So she kind of put it off to that. And I I said, well, we need to go get it checked out. But then we get busy with life and raising mm-hmm. our son. And we never got around to pursuing it. About six months into my son's life is when she started having a lot of uh, pain in her wrists and that went away, but then it started manifesting in her lower back. And one day her back went out. Uh, that was April 5th of 2015. And then basically uh, her 48th birthday rolled around at the end of April. And then three days later we had to take her into hospital because she was in so much pain. She couldn't sleep. She and the pain was in her back. Lower back, yeah. You know, five days later, they had an MRI result that basically read like a horror story. Metastatic breast cancer that had spread to her lower back, her right hip, and her liver and lungs. So it was about as bad as it could possibly be. Now, let's just stop there for a moment. I want you to share what you were going through when you got that diagnosis, when she got that diagnosis. Uh, You know, there was heartbreak. There was uh, just... This is this can't be happening, and you know I'm a we're, we were both firm believers in God and the Bible and um, you know that everything in life has a purpose and a plan. God has a plan for our lives, and yeah. we're like God, why why is this happening? Um, so you know if I focused in on the emotions, I even when we read through the MRI results together, I kind of lost it right there, and she said, No, stop, stop crying. We're going to get through this. And so that was the plan right from the get-go. So we were planning on getting through this. But, yeah, it was, it was devastating. But at the same – I mean, the doctor said to me, two months without treatment, two years with treatment. Really? That was her prognosis. So what did she decide? Well, um, we did three rounds of chemo. She did three weeks in a row. And that kind of helped. But prior to the chemo, we – we started doing natural supplements from a clinic that her chiropractor recommended, which was in Georgia, about an eight-hour drive from us. She wasn't really healthy enough to drive at that point, so they just shipped us the supplements. 
and they helped a lot with the after effects of the chemo. Mm. In fact, the the third chemo treatment that that day, she was looking online and planning our son's first first birthday party. Wow. Yeah, and wow. Um, and then not long after his well, we celebrated his birthday early, and then we uh, headed up to Georgia so she could start. IV infusions at this clinic of uh, minerals and other supportive natural type things that really helped her and, and did boost her a lot through her battle. And again, going through this emotionally, where were you? Were you together? Was one of you stronger than the other? Were you each other's support? What was going on emotionally to get through this? You know, there were times where I would share the news with people that I would I would kind of uh, break down uh, emotionally and you know, kind of turn into a blithering idiot. But um, ultimately, we, we decided we were going to fight this and we were going to get through it and we were going to lean on God. His promises and his word, the word of God, the Bible, uh, say that, you know, I will restore your life from the pit and heal your deadly diseases. Um, the fact that now that she's gone, I think that a lot of those verses point to the fact that uh, when he does rest- redeem our lives from the pit and heal our deadly diseases. It's for all eternity, which is where she is now. And that's the blessed hope that I have is that uh, one day, not too far from now, I will get to see her again. And you keep that focus. Yeah. You know, I started a website or I started a blog called 40 Years More, which was the idea that she would get 40 more years. And I, I reached out to people around the world to pray for her, not the matters where people pray from, but I, I also put up a map of where people were praying from, hoping that I could cover the globe with people praying. I even found a gentleman in Antarctica that would pray <laughs> for her. So all, all seven continents were covered. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so we had people praying around the world. Uh, again, not that it matters where people pray from, because God hears us regardless of where we are, but just uh, with the idea that you know the whole world was praying for her. And ultimately, she was a, healed. That must have been an encouragement for her. It was, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. What have you learned through this experience as far as health and wellness? Because you had mentioned in your bio that you sent me that you are on a mission to help other people who may be going through this. Right. Well, first of all, uh, you know, your bodies tell you what's going on, and she saw things, and I, I even caught her once in the bathroom mirror, just kind of rubbing her chest above her breast. So I was obviously hurting her, and I said, what are you doing? Nothing. So, you know, first of all, listen to your body. It's it's telling you when something isn't right. Um, with ladies, and we all face different cancers just from the garbage that they're putting in our foods, the GMO. And a quick side note, she was deathly allergic to tomatoes, and that started about the time they started making GMO tomatoes. Mm. In the last year of her life, she accidentally had uh, some organic chips. And we looked at the ingredients, and <laughs> there it is, organic tomatoes. And we're like, oh, no. Oh, my goodness. But it was like 24 hours of uh, being uh, food poisoning. But um, both times, eating these organic chips with organic tomatoes, she was perfectly fine. So what does that say to you? You know, the genetically modified mm. food is not you know, really proper for con- uh, consumption by humans. You know, just we're bombarded by electronics. You know, there's there's not too much you can do in this world. You can even eat organic food, but, you know, how organic is it when, you know, there are farms with fertilizers? Absolutely. Right 
So, you know, we can we can try and eat as healthy as we possibly can. But, you know, modern medical uh, screening techniques are out there. If you don't believe in mammograms, there's thermography, which is yes, not, yes. not radioactive. Uh, it costs a whole lot less, and it's probably more accurate. Yeah, so there's different ways to see what's going on in your body. MRIs will draw a map of every ounce, inch of your body, show you what's going on. And if you don't believe in pharmaceuticals, which, you know, a lot of people don't, there's all kinds of ways to eat live natural foods and supplements to uh, get rid of this stuff. The chances that there are cures for cancer are pretty high. It's just that it's such a large business, and now I'm starting to move into the <laughs> realm of conspiracy theories, but it is a large yeah. industry, and there's been lots of things that have been outlawed. B-17 has been outlawed mm-hmm. because it's like arsenic, but it's also been shown to kill cancer. Um, medical marijuana has been shown to kill cancer. So anyway, there's lots of, uh, if you do your homework and start digging, and also look, uh, do a search for 15 foods that cause cancer. Bad news, microwave popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> red red meat every day, uh, uh, processed foods, um, all kinds of stuff. You know, salmon with color added. Uh, that's been shown to cause cancer, yet they still sell it every day. So what do, what are you doing with this information that you and, and did you start this before she died as like trying to help her, or did this start after she died when you realized that you've got to change even for your son the uh-huh. way you're eating. Yeah, um, we actually started eating healthier before she even got sick. And when she was pregnant, obviously, we were eating as well as we could because she was nurturing this organism inside of her. But yeah, the idea that uh, eating healthy kind of came from a book that she had shown me years before. Um, Interestingly, my mother was fighting bowel cancer or colon cancer when we first started dating and courting. And we married, and my mother was living in Australia where I grew up. And uh, on our honeymoon, we flew over there. She got to meet my mom. My mom was hanging on literally to meet Christine. And a week after we arrived in Australia, she passed. So, you know, I already went through this once with one Mrs. Mitten. I didn't think I'd go through it again. No kidding. Yes. But, but Christine had this book of a lady that was 35 years old with an almost identical diagnosis to Christine. And the doctors sent her home basically to die. Well, she started eating well. She started doing, uh, she did a 14-day juice fast of organic carrots and apples. Uh, She did coffee enemas. Yes. Yeah. And we did that with Christine, and she would feel miserable beforehand, and a half hour afterwards, she'd feel wonderful. So, you know, the detoxing of the garbage that was in the body was, you know, definitely uh, one thing that um, made her feel better. And I think had we got in front of this six months to a year earlier, mm-hmm. we, we probably could have beat it. And maybe if we did more chemo, that's kind of a toss-up, you know, because chemo is indiscriminate. Yes. And, you know, her legs swelled up horribly, and she was miserable, and she felt horrible. But So she chose not to do any more chemo. I supported her. We tried the natural thing. For a while there, she was doing really well, but the cancer just was too far too far uh, gone, too spread around her body to get in front of it. So, yeah, ultimately I'm trying to, sh- to share our story so that people don't have to go down the same path. What kind of response have you had and what kind of uh, venues have you been able to share your story? Well, so, far, so far it's been social media, YouTube, posting videos, uh, sharing different aspects. And there's more aspects of this whole journey that I want to share, like um, how to help people 
in this situation. It's been interesting going to some grief share groups. Uh, they say, you know, people that have been around you the whole time will disappear off the map, and that's happened. People that you haven't heard from in years will <laughs> yes. show up. And it has been amazing. And, you know, people in our church that, you know, were with us all the time while Christine was battling have pretty much disappeared. And I've talked with one of them. Well, I didn't know what to say. And that's amazing that so many people don't know what to say. Um, A hug is yeah. all you need to say. <laughs> you don't have to say anything. Just be there. Just that's listen. Right. To listen to, you know, what I'm dealing with and going through is more helpful than and, and really, uh, people say things like, sorry about your loss, gets tossed around like, mm-hmm. you know, Happy New Year and Merry Christmas. Yes. Or, oh, I like the way you said that. That yeah. irritates me so much. People just say, like, okay, I've done my deed now. I've said sorry for your loss. Right. It has nothing to do with it. It's It has to do with what you just shared, being there. Just yeah. being there. You don't even have to say a word. Right. Right. So, Some one, one friend said, when I saw him, he's like, there are no words. And that... Yeah, you know, I, I pretty much yeah. lost it at that point because it's exactly right. There yeah. are no words, yeah. and and a hug was was more than anything. How are you holding up? That's always another fun one. It's like, well, I'm holding up the world right now, but yeah, I guess I'm surviving. Not that I have any other choice. Well, your your sense of humor is intact, so we'll give you that. Uh, and I have to carry on. And thankfully, you know, I I have um, the best thing that we ever did together, which was create this beautiful little life. My our son, you know, I I have to continue for him and. I started to share, I put up a blog, 40 More Years. Yes. I, I moved that into a website, 40moreyears.com, where I'm trying to share uh, our story and things I've learned along the way. Um, but, you know, I, I think maybe the 40 more years is for me and for uh, our son and raising him up to be a strong man. And uh, when I was four years old, you know, I had been going to church with mom and dad and I asked, you know, what's all this God and Jesus stuff? And my mom told me, well, God created the world and Jesus is his son. And and now that Christine is gone, you know, we were building a life together. We were mm-hmm. decorating our house and, you know, raising our son. And, and now that that's gone, my focus has shifted to more eternal things. And, you know, what can I do to help others as opposed to decorating my house and whatnot. And that's a natural uh, sequence of events, you know, that when you do go through trauma and you have a good attitude about it, that you want to give of yourself to help somebody else who may be struggling or trying to understand what they're going through. So absolutely. Because yeah. uh, the other, what's the other option you have? A pity party? Right. And, yeah, I'll I'll look at pictures and I'm trying to organize all the videos and pictures that we have, you know, forty thousand plus, and because I'm you know a camera person, I take a lot of <laughs> pictures and videos, and I'm doing that partially for me. It's nice to you know, go to those memories and enjoy the times we had together, um, but I'm also doing it for my son, so that um, either way, whether I stick around for forty years or if I if I'm here for four years, he'll have a history of. Um, where he came from. And how old is he again? He just turned two. He just turned two, and she died when he was... 16 months, so, yeah, coming up here, we'll be celebrating, if you can call it that, her her ninth month of being gone, so... And it's interesting, Carol, we were going to do this maybe four months ago. That's right. And, you know, events conspired to stop us, and I probably would have had a hard time getting through this uh, whereas now, you know, I mean, I still have hard of days, course. but 
they, you know, those times of the grief um, come maybe every two to three days as opposed to every day, several times a day. And your strength is getting, and you're getting stronger. Yeah. yeah. Now, is there any message in particular, whether it's about health or dealing with grief, that you can share with the listeners? Well, from my perspective, A, you are what you eat, so addressing the health thing. Um, Careful what you put inside you because that's what will affect how your body reacts. Do not worry. You can't live a day longer by worrying about it, so uh, the stress that worry creates uh, just eats away at you. Forgive uh, because just like worry, uh, holding Mm. animosity against other people, uh, eats away at you. They don't, they don't even know that you're angry at them unless you go and talk That's to right. them. That's right. If you go talk to them, you should ask uh, them to forgive you for harboring ill thoughts against them. Um, but yeah, ultimately, we're here on this planet for a very short time. W- what happens when you stop breathing, I guess, is the, the whole gist of what I've kind of come to understand from this whole thing. Because I was with Christine when she stopped breathing. And I'm glad I was. I mean, it wasn't a, it wasn't a wonderful mm-hmm. thing. But at the same time, because of my faith, of our faith in what the Bible teaches, that when we leave this life, we are with God for all eternity in, in paradise. And there's no more pain. There's no more weeping. There's only joy and happiness. Um, be, because of that knowledge, when she did stop breathing, there was... Uh, grief, but there was also that excitement that she had gone on, and that when I stopped breathing, it would be that, uh, you know, uh, in the next year, in the next four years, in the next 40 years, um, that uh, I will get to see her again. I'll be with her, I'll be with Jesus, you know, as his word promises. And that is your it's, hope. That is your right. eternal hope. There is no, you, no one can take that away from you. Right. And the, the way you look at this world, and every every day you turn on the news and it just gets worse and worse and worse, you know, we can put our hope in a presidential candidate and our national leaders, whatever nation you live in, but look at world history. <laughs> There's never been peace for much more than a few minutes. Yeah, so ultimately ask yourself, where are you going when this life is over and what do you base that on? I base my understanding of uh, the next life after this on the uh, Bible. And that is the way you're raising your son, and that is the story that you share on your website. Yes. So tell us about your website. Well, it's uh, 40moreyears.com, the number 40moreyears.com. And I'm slowly putting up uh, blogs uh, to help people that are going down the same road, because when you get handed... A uh, devastating, you know, you have cancer. It's everyone thinks it's a death sentence, and not necessarily. Uh, there are definitely ways to fight it. Just like when a doctor might tell you you have heart disease or you you need to quit eating so much cholesterol-laden foods, it's a similar thing, but we don't treat it the same way. You know, it's like cancer is like, oh, I'm, that's that's all there is. Um, but yeah, there are definitely ways to fight it. Uh, so I'm sharing. Uh, thoughts and ideas on ways to fight uh, cancer and also just to live healthy I mean, as much as we can in this polluted world. Now, you mentioned something to me before we started the interview about your website in foreign countries. Can you share what you shared with me, please? 
Yeah. Um, the, the website or on Facebook, I put up a page, Remembering Christine, which initially started as Praying for Christine, where I also put up a prayer map and the people around the world could mark on the map where they're praying from. When she passed on from this life to the next, I changed it to Remembering Christine and Facebook said, do you want to advertise this? I'm like, yeah, why not? So uh, I was born in England. I grew up in Australia. So I, I tagged those two countries and then I thought, well, Christine and I were fortunate enough to do medical mission trips to India and Nepal and also one to Tanzania in Africa. So I also included those countries, and I thought, well, maybe the people in Iraq might want to hear this too just because there's some crazy stuff going on there. So it's been amazing, the response. Uh, over 10,000 people from these different countries have liked that page on on Facebook, which also links to my webpage, 40moreyears.com. But, you know, just uh, uh, neat that people in Iraq and uh, hello people in Iraq and <laughs> Australia and Great Britain <laughs> and all over the world have been, you know. Supportive. Uh, yeah, it's been very encouraging. It's, and what kind of feedback, if any, have you received? Uh, just, you know, people saying, you know, hey, you know, hi, how are you and praying for you or uh, not a lot of people comment. But, uh, but you know they're people. listening. And they're watching the videos that I put yes. up. Yeah, and so. what kind of videos are you doing? Um, well, initially I told our story, which you know I just kind of glossed over. I went into the, the more finer details of our how we got together. And a uh, little uh, silly thing, I was visiting Orlando, Florida, where Christine was still living, where we had met, and I was living in California. I posted a picture on Facebook. She said, are you in Florida? I wrote back and said, yes. And it bugged her all the way home from work and all, all the way. She was going to a home group with the church she was attending at the time. And she said, God, if I even need to consider this guy, let him be here tonight. And he's not going to be here tonight because it's a brand new home group. Well, unbeknownst to her, we had mutual friends. And five minutes later, I walk in the door. <laughs> yeah. So just neat little things like that. So, you know, I, I recently shared with a friend, you know, we had such a great story. And, and now it's ended. And he said, no, it's not. It, your story hasn't ended, you know. You, you're continuing your journey on this planet uh, with my son. That's and, right. And you know, just to, to interject, uh, I met a, a young lady. She was 25 and 36 weeks pregnant when her deputy sheriff husband went to answer a call of a drunk with a gun, and he mm. didn't come home. Two weeks later, she gave birth to their son, and I met her on our Christmas uh, journey, my son and I. Uh, visiting friends up the East Coast, and uh, you know, she shared with me. You know, she was 29 at the time. You know, four years later, but she was speaking with the wisdom of someone in their 40s because of uh -huh. all that she'd been through. Uh -huh. And uh, she said, you know, eventually your tears will, your tears at memories will turn into smiles. Oh my goodness, that's and beautiful. What a what a powerful statement. Yes. You know, that you know. Yes, there is grief, and and that's one thing I've learned. You've got to let the grief through. You know, this whole be strong stuff. You know, it's like okay, that's great, but you know, when I need to have a good cry, and in Australia we say everything will be better after a sit down and a cry, <laughs> and it's very true because there's grief, there's stress, there's mm -hmm. emotional stress, and when you cry and you just have a good <laughs> sit down and a cry, and you know, even fall on the floor wailing if you need to. Because there's hurt, there's emotional That's stress right. That's right. that you've lost this love of your life. And to, to let that crying through really helps. And tears are cleansing. 
Oh, it's amazing. It is, it is, it is a way that the body cleanses itself. Oh, absolutely. Now, I want you to repeat that what that statement she made. Your tears of memories will turn into smiles. Was that it? Yeah. When, when you have memories and there's tears, eventually they will turn into smiles. And you hold on to that. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, and it's, it's the further I, I get in this journey away from Christine's departure from this planet, the more that happens, the more those memories do turn into smiles. And, and it's a good thing because early on when I would look at pictures and videos, I would get dragged, drugged down by the, mm-hmm. by the hurt, by the pain, and I would physically ache. My entire body would ache. And that's to be expected. But you've got to... Um, you've got to, you know, weigh how much you spend your time thinking about the person. The person is gone. You know, you do eventually have to move on and look at the positives, you know, like, I mean, her memorial service was one day after our fifth anniversary. So, you know, just kind of the timing of everything. You know, I could have been drugged down by that or encouraged by the fact that we had four years, Uh uh, 20 months and 11 Days to, or excuse me, four years. There's no, 20, no such thing as twenty months. <laughs> four, four years, eleven months, and twenty days together. We almost made it to our fifth anniversary. But you know, the blessing that we had that time together. We traveled so much. We lived so much, and we often said we had more living together in four point nine years than a lot of people mm-hmm. do forty nine years together. So yeah, you know, every day is precious. Um, we need to live with every day that we have and not be distracted by the cares of this world. And that message is going to be so powerful for your son. Yes. You will definitely have a deeper understanding and helping him in his in his growing up years, in his teens and into manhood. Absolutely. That'll be phenomenal, having a good attitude. And your attitude is what carries you through. And it's obvious that your attitude is what carried you through and will continue to carry you through. It has nothing to do with the amount of grief that you endured or how you how much you cry because we are human and we go through the stages of grief and we understand like you said the clen- cleansing that comes with crying and on the other side there is a future yeah. and your future is obviously intact <laughs> You have made it very clear that you know where you're going, you know where you are taking your son, and that eventually the hope that you have in God and eternity is going to sustain you, and that is secure. Nobody can take that away from you. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that you gave this message so clearly, that no matter what we have to endure, Paul, losing a child or a spouse, mm. there is very, you know, few things that have, that give deeper grief. And so I applaud you for coming on when this is still so fresh and sharing with our audience who I know many will relate to, right. you know, to your story. And in a year from now, you will have even more of a story to share. And we will be delighted mm. to hear, you know, how you became stronger and what is happening and who knows what the future holds, right? So I appreciate that and for the encouraging words that you gave. And not only that, but a wake-up call. Let's 
be careful what we put in our bodies. Let's be careful about our environment because it affects us and it affects each of us, you know, in in everything we do and in, in the air we breathe, the water we drink, the food we eat and the attitude we have. <laughs> Definitely. Now, in, in summary, is there anything else that you would like to share? Christine often said, we are not promised tomorrow. And again, never really thought that that would apply to us so quickly. Mm-hmm. But uh, in your married lives together, cherish each moment. That's um, excellent, yes. When you come home, put your phones down. Talk to each other. Mm. There, you know, I... You know, I you will never hear me say, "Gee, I wish I spent more time on Facebook." <laughs> Kidding, that's you know, right. Mm-hmm. If I said anything, I, I I often say to myself, "I wish I had have spent less time on Facebook, especially when I was at home." You know, I, I I'm thankful that what we did put up on Facebook, especially what Christine did with you know cataloging our memories and our photos and her comments, mm-hmm. live on. Uh, you know that our son can see. Uh, you know that that's all there, but you don't need to spend so much time with your phone. You don't need to watch television. Spend time with your family, not with your favorite sports team. It's all scripted anyway. <laughs> I believe that because so much, and I have instilled that in my own personal family life and also now with mm. my grandchildren. When you sit around that dinner table, there's, and I know many families are starting to incorporate this into their family life, and that is there are no phones there are no ipads it's one-on-one and you hear stories of families who text each other from one room to another you know right right yeah <laughs> you know, the, the communication skills may be great but there is no communication face i heard to somebody face. surmise that as you're living in apartments and you meet at the fridge occasionally yes I'm, i appreciate that you said that because you know what we can't take back what we've lost right. it is have gone a- have a date night every week, too, whether it's with or without the kids. Well, definitely yes. have a date night at least once a month without the kids. Spend the money for a babysitter and go do something, whether it's a 99-cent ice cream cone at McDonald's, which Christine was great about. She always said, I'm a cheap date. Well, she said that about herself, not about me. She, she probably said I was a cheap skate. But, <laughs> probably. Uh, but she, she was easily content with just the simple things in life, and that's, that's something else, too, is be content with what you have. And isn't that wonderful that you have those memories? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I know it, it's it's a small part, but it still is an important part. Actually, I uh, went to church a couple weeks ago, and he started talk, teaching about marriage. I'm like, huh, do I really want to hear this right now? <laughs> but he talked about, you know, those that those of you that maybe lost your spouse, uh, mm. you, know, you devote yourself to other things now. And that's maybe that's the route I'm going is devoting myself to helping others because when you when you journey down a path like this you you discover what's important to yourself mm-hmm. you discover where your treasures lie and you discover uh, ways to help others yes exactly and you're doing just that so again i thank you paul when i was a child you know i put my faith in god and now i have people say wow you're amazing with your faith well um what else is there you know if i don't if i can't cling on to my faith in times of tragedy like this then Uh, My faith is useless. And it sustains you. It does. Absolutely. Thank you, Paul. I really appreciate you uh, sharing your story, especially from the position that you're coming from with it being so fresh. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Carol. And goodbye. Thank you for listening to Never Ever Give Up Hope, featuring Carol Graham. 
Did you know that most people succeed because they are determined to? Quitting was never an option. Carol loves your comments and will respond to each one. So please subscribe and review this podcast. A rating of five stars would be outstanding and appreciated. Remember, if you are still here, there is always hope.